Welcome guys to Reach Your Peak Podcast with your host Bobby Enright. On today's episode, um, I'm going to do a, a nutrition and training uh, Q&A. Um, I have, we've had a lot of feedback from clients in the last kind of two to three weeks over social media, over our social media pages. And you can find us on Peak Performance Killarney on Instagram and Peak Performance Killarney on uh, Facebook as well. So a lot of people ask questions through that forum. And in the last kind of two weeks, we've heard, uh, I, I've heard a, um, a lot of the same type of questions seem to be coming up. So just going to clarify uh, a couple of things when it comes to these questions in terms of, I'll do my very best to give my um, honest opinion on them. And as I say, it, it is everything that we would say on this Q&A is based on the most up-to-date um, knowledge and up-to-date research that is done out there. Um, and the up-to-date information that we are receiving in this field. So hopefully we can help people because um, everybody's always got loads of questions and it's really, really important that you ask these questions because that's the way you're going to edu- educate yourself in the world of, of your own nutrition and your own training as well. And I mean, reaching out to the likes of us at Peak Performance Academy, um, we were more than happy to help you. So guys, don't be afraid to, um, in the show notes, even on this uh, podcast, to leave any comments, questions, um, and please subscribe and like the uh, podcast, um, it would be greatly appreciated. So we go straight into it, and we have a question from Mary. And Mary is basically asking, what supplements should I take when starting a diet? Now, that's a question that comes up an awful lot, and supplementation is, is a huge business now. Um, what I would recommend, Mary, on this one would be, basically, when you start out as you're looking at your nutrition, you have to look at, okay, what are you deficient in? Um, now that's something an awful lot of people will not know. Now you can do testing for that. You can do blood tests, um, and you could get a, a blood test from your doctor, your GP, or you could do something online called the Dutch test, and that will give you a full blood work breakdown, and you could find out if you're deficient in any certain areas, and then you could work from that in terms of your supplementation if you need certain supplements within your um your your body and your diet. But for, for the most, when people come to us and they're trying to change their nutrition and trying to get a little bit healthier, the, the main recommendations I would always look ask somebody is, okay, what's your current nutrition break, uh, breakdown like? Are you a person that eats a lot of fruit and veg? Are you a person that eats a lot of meat? Uh, which types? Um, are you a person who eats a lot of fish? Uh, again, which types? And then what is your uh, carbohydrate, carbohydrate sources? And then from that is, have you any other uh, sources of fat or protein that you take into your diet? So what we would normally find and what we would normally recommend is we would recommend somebody first to look at a good quality omega-3 fish oil. Now you're looking at um, EPA and DHA is what you're looking at in a fish oil and a good high quality um, EPA, DHA in a fish oil um, company there called Nordic Oils do a really good and Solgar as well as another company do really good quality fish oils. So we would always recommend, because I mean, in our diet here in in, in, uh, in Ireland, we don't typically eat an, an, a lot of fish. And omega-3s are high in uh, oily fish. That's where we can get a lot. Our bodies will produce omega-6 and 9, but it doesn't produce omega-3. And omega-3 has shown to be a massive player in terms of lowering somebody's cholesterol, blood pressure. Um, again, it is a, it is a hu- has huge health benefits in terms of um, the overall uh, n- nutrient quality that your body is taking in and, and it's a real really important um, supplement that I would recommend to most people because they would be deficient and again remember the body does not produce omega-3 so we need to get it from outside sources so an omega-3 fish oil would be probably the first one I would look at 
And from that, then, if you are starting out on, on, on a training regime and uh, and uh, kind of changing your nutrition, I would always kind of recommend somebody to get a very good quality multivitamin because the immune system is going to start to take a little bit of a beating because you're doing something a little bit different. You might be moving a little bit more, training a little bit more, and just changing your whole lifestyle around. So it could be something that could protect your immune system. And again, it help you from maybe getting sick initially or, or feeling down a little bit. So a, a good quality um or a, a, a multivitamin would be something I would recommend. Um, other than that, there is nothing really that would jump out to me. In Ireland, I would always kind of say to somebody as a recommendation, we don't get a, an, an awful lot of sun. So a vitamin D supplement could be something that could be very, very beneficial to also put into your diet um, because we live in a climate that is very cloudy and overcast a lot of time. We get a lot of bad weather, so we don't get a lot of sun exposure. Uh, which is really important for us and uh, a lot of people travel maybe once only once a year on holiday and that's the only exposure they're going to get to to proper sunshine so just to refer me to your question i would recommend an omega-3 fish oil nordic fish oil is a really good company very good quality um, i would take a multivitamin a recommended for you to take a start maybe taking a good quality multivitamin and there's loads of options out there on that one um just finding something that would suit you there's a company called oxalin which is a really good multivitamin also has electrolytes in it for hydration purposes as well which is really good um, and any of the companies i mentioned solgar any of them is really really high quality uh, multivitamins so you can find it there and vitamin d again from these companies um you will get a good quality um vitamin d supplement so that shouldn't be shouldn't be a problem to find but that's what i would recommend when starting a diet the kind of main three to look at and from there as you go along you can start maybe looking at other stuff but i wouldn't get too carried away with supplementation at the start because the most important thing for you is basically to start improving your nutrition and then start improving uh, the nutrient dense density and quality of the food that you're you're, you're taking in um so hopefully that answers your question so next question is from Anne, uh, which is, which diet should i follow now, I presume you mean by that question, um, vegetarian diet, vegan diet, keto diet, uh, intermittent fasting, um, Atkins diet, several amount of options there, calorie restriction. So a huge amount of options in terms of what uh, you, can, you can start out at. So what it comes back to, if we'll say two examples. So you look at the calorie, calorie restricted diet. So a calorie restricted diet is you're going to eat a certain amount of calories. So you're going to restrict yourself, say, for instance, to a certain amount of calories. Um, and you might put you, you, you might say, so right, I'm going to have breakfast, I'm going to have lunch, and I'm going to have dinner, and that's all I'm going to eat, and I'm going to eat uh, 1,500 calories. So that's one option. Then you might be a person that might go intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting normally is broken down into kind of a 16-hour fast with an 8-hour window of eating. So you would fast for 16 hours, and then you would have a window of eating. You'd eat your, all your calories within eight hours. Now, current research has shown that either one of these protocols kind of ends up at the same place because at the end of the day, you're consuming the same amount of calories in a 24-hour period. So with somebody trying to choose which diet to follow, the most important thing there for you is not which one to follow, is actually looking at your own diet and improving that. That's the one bit of advice I'd give you straight away. So the first thing you should do is figure out what your total daily energy expenditure is. And I explained this yesterday on a, on a video on 
and our, our web, uh, social media pages. So you figure out your total daily energy expenditure. And there's loads of calculators online. You can find that. You'll input your details. You'll input how much times a week you train. And then from that, you get an approximate figure of how many calories you should be taking in to maintain your current weight at the current activity levels that you're doing. And then if you want to find out what you actually are taking in on a daily basis, I would recommend you track your food for a day or two or a week even on my fitness pal and take an average from that. And then you can correlate the two answers and we'll say if it was two and a half thousand calories from your total daily energy expenditure and your my fitness pal said you were taking in three thousand calories, you would be in an energy surplus of five hundred calories, which means you would be gaining weight. You would not be maintaining, you would be gaining. So what you need to do. And the most important thing is energy balance is what we need to do. Energy balance is going to be energy in versus energy out. People have heard this a million times. But basically, if you want to lose weight, you need to be in an energy deficit. That's taking in less calories than your recommended daily allowance, um, your TDEE. So that's what I would recommend for you, and is that you look at your own diet first and improving that. The quality of foods, getting plenty of nutrients in through your green veg, through your root vegetables, through your colored veg as well, getting in good quality carbohydrates, maybe using rice, potatoes, sweet potato, uh, oats, all that kind of good stuff, getting in wholemeal breads if you like breads and good quality, maybe gluten-free could be an option. And then looking at your fat sources coming into your diet from your meats, your fish, um, your eggs, your dairy, if it doesn't upset you digestive-wise, um, and looking at nuts and seeds and oils and all that kind of stuff. So looking to improve your overall diet, your overall picture when you look at your diet. Think of your diet as a plate in front of you. What does it look like? What's the majority of that plate covered in? Is it carbohydrates? Is it protein? Is it fats? Do you eat a lot of processed foods? So maybe analyzing that first and seeing where you can improve. And then from there, you will start to look at the calories and okay, I need to now go into a deficit, start tracking my macros and start to see results coming and seeing how to improve your actual body composition if losing weight was your goal or gaining weight was your goal. Again, you need to be in a surplus for gaining weight, a deficit for losing weight. If you want to maintain weight, you're going to try to find your maintenance calories that suit you there. And again, when we'd say if you went into a deficit of 300 calories um, off your total daily energy expenditure, just do that for two weeks. Try to improve your, your, your quality of your foods coming in, um, 80 to 90% whole foods coming in, and then see how what's the reaction from your body weight. And that's the diet you should be on, work from that point. You don't necessarily need to go into any of these fad diets or any of these protocols. These are all just methods that would suit certain people. And we're not knocking intermittent fasting or calorie restriction or keto or any of that. If it suits the person and it works for the person, fantastic, go with it. But the more, most important thing I would say about somebody's nutrition, before you ever think about labeling a diet, look at your own nutrition first and try to improve your habits. Try to improve your lifestyle. Try to improve your health markers. That's the best place to start. And food quality is a huge player here as well. So that's where I would start on that one. And, and I think that would be a massive um, starting point for you. And it's something you could really work on. And it would be something you could actually work on yourself straight away. Um, so guys, next question uh, is from Joanna and she asked, uh, top three exercises for abs. This is a good one. We get this a loads of people talking about abs. Everybody wants abs. Um, so when it comes to core training, so we have our core as a whole, um, and the one that people would see the most or, or would say would have a, a representation of is the rectus abdominals. The ones you see the six pack as such, which can be six to eight pack. Um, that's the one that you would see the most and everybody wants to see 
the uh, rectus abdominis. And then we've got our side abs, which we would call our obliques. And you've also got your deeper core, which is your transverse abdominals. And you've got your mulfetus as well. So you, you're, you're, think of your core as a box, not so much the ones, the six pack. That's only one muscle group within what we would class as your core. It's a muscle group. So when it comes to top three tr training exercises for core um, and genetics play a huge thing in the way your core will actually look. The most important thing with core training is, um, and you've probably heard this before, you need to drop body fat to visually see abdominals. So nutrition would be a player there massively. You can do as many crunches as you want in any variation, in any amount. And if you are carrying too much body fat around your midsection, you will never see your abs. Everybody has core muscles. Everybody has abdominals. Some people have more developed abdominals than others. Some people have less developed abdominals. Some people have different separation of abdominals than others because of their genetic makeup and the way that it's positioned in the body. So if I had to recommend top three exercises, I would go off my own personal self and what I do. And people would comment to me when I went on stages, you have a very, very good midsection. Now, the reason I have a very good midsection is because I did martial arts for years and years and years. So there's an awful lot of rotation and impact coming from the lower body and kicking. And that would develop a very strong midsection. And also I do a lot of ab training and I've done it over the years and years and years. And it's something that it's just kind of routine to me now in my training. What I would recommend is kind of my top three in it. Um, depending on the level you're at, Joanne, um, the ones I would recommend is an ab rollout. I find a really good core exercise. Again, you need to be very careful on this exercise. It should be something that should be coached to you because you need to have the control and the stability to do it. But I find that a very, very good um, core exercise. The next one I would recommend, I would always recommend some form of hanging exercise. So you're hanging from something, either a knee tuck, a straight leg raise, or toes to bar can be a really, really good one. If you're somebody that can only do a knee tuck, that would be tucking your knees up into your, your, your base of your stomach and getting into that flexion position. Uh, you can, over time, maybe add a little bit of weight to it, grip a dumbbell between your feet or add um, some leg weights or whatever, and you can make it a little bit more challenging. You can do straight leg, which is a little bit more difficult. So any hanging exercise like that, I would recommend. They would be two um, core exercises that I would recommend. And probably the third one, um, would be some form of rotation. Now, when you think of when you think of core training, do not only train the rectus abdominals, the ones that go into uh, flexion. Uh, you have to look at obliques. You have to look at transverse abdominals. You have to look at uh, your erector's lower back and straightening your glutes, and all that is all connected into your core. So it's really important you train all of that. But, so we talked about the the ab rollouts, something from a hanging position, and some form of rotation. Um, so that could be something like a landmine twist. You'd use a barbell and a, and, a, and a weight and you go into that rotational position. You might so do something like a Russian twist, a kettlebell Russian twist, which is holding a kettlebell and in, in, in a seated position and rotating your waist. And again, the most important thing with any type of ab training and any type of training when you're training a certain muscle group is you need to be stable within the position, set up properly and then initiate the movement through the muscle you're training. That's so important. Don't just rotate a weight. Initiate the movement through the walking muscle. So you need to really think about that when you talk about this mind-muscle connection. You need to actually feel and think about your core and your midsection when you're rotating. Um, so they would be the three kind of top exercises I would recommend. Um, and 
as I say, I would definitely 100% throw in some form of planks, side plank, front plank, and then I would throw in some form of hyperextension as well for the lower back to, to, to really work the lower back. Um, uh, so that's a kind of a, a little kind of top five, really, more than top three, but that's important when it comes to core training. Uh, okay, so next question is from Jonathan. Um, should I train morning or evening or twice a day? Okay, so basically what I would say there is whatever suits you. If you get up in the morning, like myself, and you train really early in the morning, I like training in the morning. It's something that suits me. I'm used to it. I train on the one downfall of training in the morning is it can be sometimes very taxing on the body because you can be lacking energy. You just woke up. You don't really have any food in your system. Now, from the previous meal, the previous night, you have energy there to use, but again, you haven't um, put any carbohydrates in, any proteins in into your diet yet. You're getting up. I normally train fasted. I would have a coffee. Then I would come in and I would put in essential amino acids into my drink and I would um, drink that intra-workout with some creatine um, for my, my workout and maybe some citrulline malate. And that's just me, what I would use to train in the morning. And then I would have a meal post-workout, so when I finish my workout. So that suits me. A lot of people don't like to train in the morning because they'd like to have some form of food in their stomach and they feel a lot better and stronger. I would recommend if you can train a little bit later in the day, it can be a very, very good thing. If you have the luxury of training, say you needed to train twice a day, I would recommend you do your cardiovascular work faster in the morning. Um, and then I would recommend you do your weight training mid to not late afternoon but mid to yeah we could say mid to late afternoon sometime before say seven eight o'clock in the evening um and try not to go kind of beyond the eight o'clock mark because you want to you want time to wind down after your workout you want time to eat and digest your food before you go to bed because we need to get ourselves from a sympathetic tone from training into a parasympathetic tone a rest and digest before we sleep and obviously before we eat as well so that's the kind of way i would recommend it again it's it's a very individual thing if you feel you you like your weight training in the morning, you feel loads of energy and feel good, maybe you might look at some supplementation within your intra-workout and pre-workout. Like I was saying, maybe some essential aminos. Um, so you have some proteins in the, in, within your workout and then maybe something like a creatine, uh, which I would highly recommend if you're a person that lifts weights. And then um, something uh, post-workout, which would be a good carbohydrate source and a good protein source when you finish your training. But again, it's preference if I had to, give you a bit of advice i suppose if you were doing cardio i would do it in the morning fasted that's the way i like to do it and i find it works really well for people um not saying the fasted cardio is the be all end on you suddenly lose loads of body fat from being fasted not at all but i find that a good protocol for your cardiovascular training and then maybe pushing your weight training to mid-afternoon to late afternoon when you have a bit of food in your stomach again i don't do that protocol i do it the opposite i do my weight training in the morning and i do my cardiovascular work now in the evening as i'm going through prep so I find that I'm just so used to training early morning. I've done it all my life and it suits me. With you, I would, I would recommend maybe trying both ways and see what suits you. Always having some, maybe some uh, food in there can always be lead to a more productive and stronger session at times for people. But again, it's individual. So I hope that answers your question. Um, so question number five, and we'll wrap it up after this one, guys. As I say I'm going to keep this nice and short for you. Um, this question is from Eileen. Uh, what? do I do when my weight loss has stopped completely? Um, so just to, as I say, that's a very varied question, but kind of put it into perspective. You have been on a diet. You have went into an energy deficit. So you're taking in less calories than you should. 
remember you, you've calculated your total daily energy expenditure, you're taking in less calories and your, your, your weight loss has plateaued. What do you do? If we take it from that standpoint, now, the one thing I'd say there on that one is you need to know how are you in a deficit first of all. So if you have been losing weight, you should be in a deficit at that stage because your weight has been dropping. Now, if you have been in a deficit and we take it that you have and it's stopped completely and you've been doing the same amount of training, you've been hitting your step count each day, you have had good nutrition, you haven't really changed, you haven't changed your diet. So all the variables are the same, but the weight has stopped. What I would say there is your body has, your metabolism has adapted to what you're doing. It's called metabolic adaption. So it's catching up with you on what you're doing. It's kind of, think of it as it's figuring you out and now it's stopping weight loss because remember our body doesn't want to go into that weight loss mode all the time. It doesn't want to continuously lose weight. So we'll always fight to bring the body back to a thing we call homeostasis, which is we think of balance, bringing the body into balance. So what I would recommend there if it's totally stopped and if all the variables have been the same and you've changed nothing, I would probably recommend something like a diet break. Now, what I mean by diet break is, say, for instance, your total daily energy expenditure is 2,000 calories. We'll keep it easy. And you have been eating 1,600 calories. And you've lost weight for the first couple of weeks, and then suddenly it's plateaued at 1,600 calories. What I would recommend is you calculate your total daily energy expenditure from your current weight, the new weight that you are. So whatever that figure works out at, I would say, for instance, it worked out at 1,900 calories. So it was 2,000, you've dropped a bit of weight, you know your total daily energy expenditure has gone to 1,900. So your, your base metabolic weight has dropped a little bit. Um, so what you would do is I would say you've been dieting on 1,600, I would up your calories to about 1,800 calories. So I would add in another 200 calories and I would do that for about between three and five days. So take a diet break between three and five days. You're only, remember now, going back up to kind of maintenance. So you're not going to gain any weight, don't. And that's the fear people have here when we talk about diet breaks. Now, this is one protocol you could try. So you go back up, we'll say to 1,800. You've added in 200 more calories and you're going to sit there for about three to five days. That gives you a bit of relaxation. You get a little bit more food in and I would take that 200 calories and I would put that towards carbohydrates. Now, if we to break that down and you ask me how the hell, how much carbs is that? There's four calories in every gram of carbs, so divide that by four, and that gives you your figure, which is 50 grams of carbohydrates. So all you need to do is keep your protein the same as you were taking in, uh, keep your fat the same, and just add in 50 grams of carbohydrates. And then sit there for three to five days. Now that's just simply, if you've been eating oats for breakfast and rice for lunch, or say oats for breakfast and potatoes for dinner, uh, all you're doing is going to add to that in two meals a little bit. So 25 grams of carbs in your morning breakfast and 25 grams in your evening breakfast your evening meal which will be absolutely fine so that's what i would recommend um and from there you see how your body reacts and then your it could it'll hopefully it'll work for you and it'll kick start your weight loss again and then you come back down to your calorie deficit and come a little bit below what you were before and i would recommend no more than um 20 10, sorry 10 percent so you might drop another 10 percent and just sit there for another number of weeks and remember, the objective is never to continuously drop your calories. But for somebody that wants to lose weight, you need to get to a certain point where you can start to increase your calories and continue losing weight. And that will take a, a, a good bit of time to get your metabolism and get your metabolic adaptions firing in the right way. So that would be one protocol I would, I would use. And I would say to you, that's something you should try and uh, see how it works for you. Remember, three to five days, 
calculate your new T uh, total daily energy expenditure and then increase by about 200, say whatever, two to 300 calories depending um, from your current calorie intake closer to your new total daily energy expenditure and see how that sits for about three to five days and then go back down and knock off 10% and start uh, your, your deficit at that for your remaining weeks again. So that's uh, one protocol I would do. And as I say, you could also look at keeping your calories the same and maybe because there's been metabolic adaption, maybe look at your energy expenditure. Has it changed in any little bit? Maybe you're moving a little bit less because your body will subconsciously do this. It'll move less. It'll want to sit down more. It'll, it'll take the easier route all the time. So maybe looking at that, maybe you could increase your step count. Very, very simple. Maybe you're only doing 8,000 steps a day. You might increase to 10,000 steps a day or 10 to 12, whatever that variable is you could maybe look at that and see if that could be a viable option as well moving more energy you're expending more energy which means you should further weight loss and again uh, it is important that you understand that your body will always try to fight weight loss so you need to have these little bit of protocols and remember going on a diet break is kind of fooling your body you're starting to take in more calories and, and, and think of it as your metabolism is taking the brakes off a little bit you go back down you continue to lose a little bit of weight again so it's kind of taking a break think of it as fooling your metabolism it starts to kick in then you go back down and your weight just has to drop a little bit again so these little uh tricks um you can try and methods you can try um but again it's a difficult question when you haven't seen the full picture of what you're doing in terms of your 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 daily um expenditure your your nutrition what it looks like what is the actual portrait of your nutrition what's the landscape of your whole setup so but that is just to give you a little bit of a tip on what you could do straight away and see what happens. Um, the, as I say, it's something that has worked in the past for an awful lot of clients here. So I would highly recommend it. Try it and then see. Um, and again, anybody who's asking these questions, guys, if you want me to go into further detail on any of these, please contact me directly and I can uh, take you through them. Um, as I say, today was just a Q&A and kind of giving you a couple of tips on these. And thanks a million for all the people that are asking the questions. This is what exactly what I'm always um, asking in social media. Please ask questions. That's what we're here for. We're here to help you um, in any way we can. And anybody who is interested in um, coming to see people, us at Peak Performance, you can find us um, at peakperformancekillarney.com. And all our programs, all our um, services we offer are all on our website. And if you want to work with us in the future, please don't hesitate to drop us an email or um, apply to one of the programs that we offer. And um, we would be more than happy to help you. So I hope that I said I just keep the five questions today, guys, nice and simple and um, good questions. They are ones that come up an awful lot. And I hope uh, that you got something out of these answers as well. And some you might, might, might just click with you and take into your own training. Um, we'll do one of these Q&As again in about four weeks. I normally try to do these every four weeks. I have three guests lined up on this podcast over the next month. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, one guy who works on weight cuts in the UFC at the moment and is a very good friend of mine. And we have trained at Taekwondo together uh, years ago. Um, so really looking forward to talking to him on everything nutrition and training. He's going to be a very interesting guy. We also have somebody coming on on the, the, um, with, on the mental health uh, side of things and talking about addiction and we are going to talk to somebody who was at a high level of sport and is now retired and 
how they're dealing with that, how they're dealing with the goal that they always had now is not the goal anymore. And just looking at uh, how they're dealing with that in their life and how they're moving forward and challenging themselves in different ways. So exciting few guests coming up. I'm looking forward myself to talking to all of these. As I say, I love picking the brains of these guys and and, 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 and women and just really seeing where they're coming from. And, and it's great to have people on like that. So uh, thanks for listening, guys, to Reach Your Peak podcast. I hope that was helpful. And please don't hesitate to to, uh, to reach out to us. We can help you in any way. And if anybody's looking for anything, please don't be afraid. If you're inclined to pop in for a workout or pop in just for a visit and a chat and uh, we can we can, we can can shoot the breeze, as I say. So um, I'll leave it at that, guys. Thanks for listening. P- please subscribe uh, to our channel, Reach Your Peak Podcast. Um, and hopefully uh, what we're putting out is informative to you and helping you in your nutrition and training journey. Um, so hope everybody has a great day uh, so that's me and I'll leave it there guys and hope everybody has a great weekend